We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. It's been a little bit since we've done a new episode, but at last, training camp is almost here. Officially kicks off in just in just under what ten or so days here, um, but we're going to get you ready for training camp at Hallis Hall with our offensive preview today, focusing on the biggest storylines for the offense, the position battles to watch, and other things you need to know about the offense. Before we do that, though, let me bring in my co-host Aaron Lemming. Aaron, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Sorry, I <laughs> I don't know what it is with this. I got a, got a new laptop that we're doing this podcast with. <laughs> no, you're all good. Once in a while, it just seems to loot like the mouse just moves. I don't know what the hell it is. So, anyway, doing good. Um, this is actually the first day here in the Dallas area um, that it hasn't been over 100 degrees in like three weeks. So, I am uh, quite uh, quite impressed with that, and I will I will definitely take it. And like you said, man, we're getting really close to training camp finally starting, and you know the White Sox are just about out of it to where they don't have to put any more emotional investment into them, and we'll be in good shape. Yeah, and you know with that training camp, you know look, rookies report next week, but training camp kind of officially starts the twenty fifth when the veterans report and they have like a close practice. Um, and then they will open it up again. We'll hear from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, as we usually do when training camp starts. And yeah, from there, man, we're going to be into full swing and lots of storylines, lots of excitement because football is finally here. And before you know it, man, we're going to be talking preseason pretty soon. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about that. It's, you know, we're, we're, I, I was reading today. It's like, cause I think we're recording this on the 14th. And I want to say the Hall of Fame games on like the sixth or something like that. Or yeah, it's like, early. It's yeah, pretty early. It's crazy. I mean, we're we are less than a month away from. I mean, granted, meaningless, but we're less than a month away from football back on television, NFL football back on television. And I mean, you know, obviously things kind of changed last year um, with with three preseason games and seventeen regular season games. Um, you know, the preseason isn't quite as long. Training camp is just as long. 
So things kind of drag out a little bit more than they than they normally do. But I think we're finally kind of getting to that point where I mean we've beat, and when I say we, I mean us, I mean everybody on Twitter, whoever writes articles, we've kind of beat the same exact topics into the ground all offseason. It's been a busy offseason, obviously, you know, brand new regime, brand new coaching staff. Uh, you know, well over 50% of the, you know, the final, you know, week one, 53 man roster is going to be brand new faces and names that weren't on the team last year. Like there is a lot of stuff that has happened. Um, but there's also, you know, for as much movement as there's been, it's also, there's a lot of unknowns going into training camp. And I think for the first time in quite a while, I, and I think this is kind of what you get with a rebuilding team, I think training camp is going to be, training camp in the preseason are going to be a lot more interesting this year because there's a lot of roster battles. You know, I'm, I'm currently working on a, you know, basically a way too early 53-man roster projection going into camp. And I'm struggling really hard with it because there's just so many different positions and different names that you can see things going. And I think we're going to try to break that down a little bit today and just kind of go over the offensive side of the ball where there are a lot of questions. Now, it doesn't mean it has to be negative, but there are a lot of questions and just a lot of, you know, I guess, you know, things that we need answers on. And I don't think we're going to get all of that in the preseason but it's also going to be very interesting because when you talk about new, 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 there's a lot of newness on that side of the ball. Well, yeah, and, and you're right, man. I was looking out doing some previous stuff, and I was looking at these position battles, players that you know could be at the bottom of the roster, a surprise, um, you know, players that might make the cut that are, that you know I didn't think so, or players that might get cut that you know a little shocking. And it's crazy. Then, you know, yesterday, or was it yes? No, Tuesday, they go and trade for a wide receiver and they give up, you know, the uh, seventh round pick for uh, Nikhil Harry, a former first round pick. And, and it's, it's, it's a move that it's going to have an impact on this wide receiver battle. I mean, there was, I believe like nine or 10 wide receivers in camp. Um, now there's like 11 or 12 and you just kind of add a new dynamic to it because he is kind of a different wide receiver. And, you know, maybe someone like uh, EQ St. Brown, who was kind of on the fringe for making the roster. Now he's got a battle against someone. Des Newsom has to battle against someone else. Um, you know, guys like Dante Pettis, um, Isaiah Coulter, you know, because really you look at it, it's Darnell Mooney and, and Valus Jones Jr. are locks to make the roster. I'd say Brian Pringles is probably a lock as well. Um, and after that, it's just there, there's be guys fighting for two to three spots. Now you add another, you know, name into the mix, and it's like, okay, things just got a little more interesting. But yeah, it's things like that that we're going to see here with these battles that are going to kind of play out in the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting for me, you know, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I agree. I, I think when you, you know, you, you just brought up the the, the trade for um, uh, Nikhil Harry, you know, and, and, and I feel like there's been a lot of reasonable reaction um, and then there's also been on both sides, you know, nationally, there's been some uh, kind of snarky remarks. And, you know, obviously, then there's been some there's also been some, at least in my opinion, some overly optimistic uh, views on it. I, I, I think here's my thought on Nikhil Harry and, and where the, the Bears are at in terms of receiver is, you know, for a 2024 seventh round pick. Why not? Right. I mean, this is what rebuilding teams are supposed to do. And, you know, the Bears haven't been in this position in a while. And I think I, I think fans are kind of having to recalibrate their minds 
you know, especially over these last few years, because, I mean, the Bears hadn't made the playoffs, um, you know, before Matt Nagy stepped in and, and took them to the playoffs in 2018. They hadn't made the playoffs since 2010. It had been almost a decade since the Bears had made the playoffs. And then they made the playoffs in two of their four seasons. Now, obviously, that last season, um, that was more of, uh, you know, a pity party than it was anything else in terms of them getting in, whatever, you know, it is what it is. But now we kind of have to all adjust expectations from, is this team good enough to make it to the playoffs and, you know, so on and so forth, or are they going to limp in? Are they going to do enough to, they are building towards a new, you know, just basically a new regime, a new look, uh, a brand new identity as a team, you know, all those guys that are, that were on the playoff roster back in 2018. I mean, here in a year or two, a lot of those guys are not going to be here. A lot of those guys already aren't, especially the key players. So when you look at the receiver battle and you look at what they just did with Nikhil Harry, I would say personally, I know some people disagree. I would say even, even though it's a 2024 seventh round pick, I think that going into camp and especially considering he was a former, you know, first round pick and a very, you know, highly thought of uh, receiving prospect. I think that he's going to be a guy that unless he, he comes in out of shape and he just doesn't look the part or if he's lazy, or if he's not grasping the offense, I think those are going to be the only ways that he does not make this roster. Now, that doesn't guarantee that he's going to be, you know, the starting X week one or anything like that. But I do think that, you know, and this is a conversation I actually had with Mike K of the Pro Football Network uh, yesterday, actually, we're talking about it. And his viewpoint on it was kind of, it's a man move. And I, and I agree um, to a certain extent. But one of the things that he was saying is he said, I don't know how much better of an opportunity Nikhil Harry is going to have in Chicago than he did in New England. And it's like, well, you know, but if you really look at the context of the Harry situation in New England, you know, he didn't play a lot. And especially these last two years, I mean, he wanted out like and he, he made that very obvious, especially last year. Um, he was kind of phased out. You know, Bill Belichick's one of those guys you either buy in or you don't. And you're either, you know, on his side or you're not. And it just kind of is what it is. Now, that doesn't mean that he should get a free pass from all that. But what it does mean is this guy's not even 25 years old yet, right? Uh, he's actually, I think he, I want to say he's nine months younger than Bayless Jones Jr. is. Either nine months younger or nine months older. That's not a shot at Bayless Jones Jr. I'm just kind of giving it an idea of this guy's young. He's been in the league three years. He's going on his fourth year. His fifth year option has obviously been declined. So he would be a free agent next year, but just hypothetically speaking, in the best case scenario, he steps in, he breaks out the bears can franchise tag and they can, you know, you know, sign him to a long-term deal, whatever it is. I think the more realistic approach and idea to this is this, is that you have, like you just pointed out, you have Darnell Mooney as your number one receiver. I think in an ideal situation, you want him as your number two with a better number one. But right now he's your number one receiver. Outside of that, you got Bayless Jones Jr., who was a third round pick. I mean, that guy is a lock for the roster for at least the next three years, regardless of how good or bad he is. And then you look at, you know, outside of that, Byron Pringle signed a four, you know, one year $4 million deal. Uh, I think the majority of that's guaranteed. So unless something really bad happens uh, or something else comes from that arrest, which I don't think it will because it was relatively minor, all things considered. Um, you know, he's on the roster as well. So you've got those three guys. And I don't even think it's a guarantee at this point that Bayless Jones Jr. is going to play a huge role. I think that's just going to have to be something that we're going to have to feel out. But outside of that, you've probably got three spots, uh, you know, for a host of probably about, what is it, seven, eight, nine guys, whatever it is. And like you pointed out, uh, Economia St. Brown is one of those guys. 
Daz Newsom's one of those guys. Uh, they signed a pair of veterans, um, you know, with uh, Dante Pettis and, and Tajay Sharp. Um, there's a multitude of different guys. David Moore is another one. Um, I would assume if they were going to cut him from the arrest that he had, that would have already have happened. So I think at this point in time, he's also somebody that you have to seriously consider because he's played some special teams. At one point in time, he was a reliable number three target for Seattle. Granted, that's been a few years. But I, I think when you really look at it, I think Nikhil Harry has the inside track to a job, assuming that he comes in motivated and everything is good to go. Um, again, I mean, this is not on paper. This is not a good this is not a good group at all. I mean, it's really not. But I think that when you look at this, I think a best case type of scenario is you say you got all these dudes on one year deal right now, including I mean, really, you can count Nikhil Harry on a one year deal as well, because he'll be a free agent next year. Obviously, there's a little bit more control that they have with that with the with the tag or whatever. But you got a bunch of guys on one year deals. If you can find out of let's just say Byron Pringle, EQ St. Brown, and I don't know, you know, let's just say Harry, if you can find one of those guys that can be a long-term piece. Now that doesn't mean he has to be a bona fide number one receiver that's getting 12 or 1300 yards a year and, you know, has seven or eight touchdowns. But if you, even if he's a seven to 800 yard a year guy, you know, one of those three guys, if you can find one of those three guys to slot in as your unquestioned number three receiver, and then you can find another one of those guys that is contributing enough to sign to, you know, a cheaper deal to be your number four receiver, I think that in terms of development, in terms of where the Bears are at going into this season, I think that would be a huge win for them. I think it's a little too overly optimistic to expect any of these guys, even Byron Pringle, to break into being a legitimate number one target or even really a legitimate number two target because, I mean, number two targets in this day and age also usually get close to 1,000 yards. Um, but I do think if you can find that you know, really solid number three. I mean, look around the league right now. Look at all these teams that are making the playoffs constantly. They have three really good receiving options. The Bears need to find a way to kind of round that out, round out some depth. I think if they can do that at the receiver position over the year and get some answers there, I think they're in a really good position moving forward. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, it, the main thing with this in the wide receiver position is we knew there was going to be turnover. I mean, last year they had Marquise Goodwin, they had Demir Bird, they had Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. Um, you know, and Mooney is the only one that essentially returns outside of Daz Newsom. And if you want to, you know, count Nassimba Webster as well. Um, guys like that, but you want to put Justin Fields in a situation where, you know, he's going to have weapons and he's going to be comfortable with those weapons. And, yeah, the Bears addressed it and how they addressed it, 
but it, it's nothing to really rave over. And, and I don't think the Bears have the worst wide receiver corps in the NFL, um, but I don't think they have anything better than a bottom five or six wide receiver corps as of right now. And, you know, that could change. I mean, Brian Pringle could be, you know, better than we think. Uh, St. Brown could be better than we think. Harry could benefit from a, a fresh start. And, you know, maybe Darnell Mooney does take the next step and does become a true number one. If that happens, that's going to, sorry, my kid is yelling. I don't know if he agrees with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to help Justin Fields and his development moving forward. And, and they could end up being better. But yeah, when I look at the wide receiver battle at camp, it's going to be one I'm, I'm going to continue to watch throughout camp. And for me, it's right there at the top of the list on offense, you know, aside from I'd say right guard and maybe the two tackles. Other than that, you know, there's, there's not really many other battles out there for the positions. Yeah. Well, and, and I think in terms of battles, you know, the next most interesting one is obviously going to be the offensive line at this point. Right. I mean, you're looking at, a group that I think a lot, including myself, expected to be much more overhauled than it was. And in all reality, I mean, I, I guess it all depends on how things pan out, right? Because in terms of if you're looking at it, like a quote unquote overhaul, I think three of the new, you know, three of the five starters being new guys would technically count as an overhaul. Now, obviously, the quality is going to be what's in question. And, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit. I think a lot of people are kind of waiting to see what happens when training camp starts. Who starts at left tackle? Who starts, you know, who who breaks camp as the, you know, left tackle one for the Bears? Is it going to be Braxton Jones? Is it going to be Tevin Jenkins? If I had to guess personally, and maybe this is just recency bias, I think it's going to be Braxton Jones. I think that, you know, I, I know I know what Matty Refluse said, and I know, you know, his explanation and the fact that they basically wanted to try out two different combinations – if I had to guess moving into camp, I think it's going to be Braxton Jones at left tackle. I think it's going to be Cody Whitehair at left guard. I think it's going to be obviously Lucas Packer, uh, Lucas Patrick at center. I think Sam Mustafer is going to start off at right guard. Let's hope to God that it doesn't end up being the case when week one rolls around. And then obviously Larry Borum is probably going to end up being the guy at right tackle. Now, where that leaves Tevin Jenkins will be interesting. Maybe they give him a shot at right guard. Maybe they give him a shot at right tackle. And maybe think of Borum as the swing tackle. I, I I think at least moving into it, I think when you're looking at it, obviously Lucas Patrick's a new guy. Um, if they decide to start Braxton Jones at left tackle, that would be a second new guy. And then depending on what happens at right guard, I think right guard's kind of that interesting one because there's still some quality free agents out there. I'm sure there's probably going to be some quality cuts of guys that are considerably better than Sam Mustafer uh, would be at right guard. Um, that could be, you know, a, a fit depending on, you know, obviously the scheme fit. Um, and then, you know, another guy like Zachary Thomas, who was, you know, a day three pick with the bears as well, kind of like uh, Braxton Jones was, you know, he's been getting second team reps at left guard. He also got some first or second or first team reps at left guard as well. When Cody White here missed some time, Maybe they transition him over to right guard. I think that makes the most sense at this point in time in terms of, you know, direct competition, especially with Dakota Dozier going out with a season-ending injury. I don't think they ever confirmed that it was an ACL, but I think we'd all just kind of know. I mean, I guess that doesn't really much matter right now, but that's going to be the interesting one because for as much importance as people put on the receiver position, and I know, you know, obviously justifiably so. I mean, just look at the Bengals this last year. Uh, didn't have a great offensive line. You know, Joe Burrow had just a insane amount of receiving talent and they got all the way to the Super Bowl after being, you know, a really pitiful team over the last three or four years. But I think in terms of Justin Fields and what's going to go on with this offense, 
I think the blocking from the receivers is going to be much more important. And I think overall the offensive line is going to be more important because it seems very clear to me at least. And, you know, if you have a different opinion, obviously state so, but it feels like the bears are going to lean on the run and it feels like they're going to lean on the play action pass a lot. Um, And I think for that to really be able to be successful and for this offense to take a step forward, it just kind of feels like a situation where the offensive line has got to be a hell of a hell of a lot better than it was last year. And at least on paper right now, I'd actually argue that it's worse or at least has more questions. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they're going to try to run the ball as much as they can to not only, you know, set up success for Justin Fields, but to, you know, keep their defense off the field and kind of play that, that time of possession type game um, where, you know, we, we've seen in the past so many times with the bears offense this time, you know, I think the bears do have a quarterback. They can open things up and be a lot better, but for now, I, I do think that's going to be the game plan for Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze rely on the run game, put Justin Fields in good position. You know, you, you don't want him in third and longs and you're right. I agree hundred percent that, I don't know if the offensive line right now is suited to do that outside of Lucas Patrick and Cody White here, but you're relying on those two guys to really play really damn well because you have the, the hole at right guard. You have, you know, you don't know what you got at tackles right now. I mean, you know, it could be Braxton Jones and, and Larry Borm. It could be Larry Borm and Tevin Jenkins. We don't know who it's going to be. Um, and, and there's just a lot of question marks on the offensive line. And it's, it's a key position. It's, it's just as important as wide receiver in terms of helping Justin Fields and protecting Justin Fields. And like wide receiver, I don't know if they fully got it figured out or if they're going to get it fully figured out um, in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think, you know, when you kind of transitioning over to even like tight end, for example, right, obviously we know Cole Komet is going to be the primary uh, receiving, you know, tight end and he's going to be the primary tight end there. I think it's going to be interesting to see what else happens outside of that. I mean, obviously they went out and they gave Ryan Griffin, I think it was like $2.3 million on a one-year deal. Um, he's over the age of 30. So obviously that's not really a much of a long-term move, but he's also a quality, you know, he's a quality depth piece at the tight end position. You have James O'Shaughnessy. That's kind of in that same boat. I think he, I think he got like a $1.3 million deal, but it ended up being like a basically a veterans minimum type of situation in terms of the cap hit. And I don't think there's anything guaranteed on that. Um, but then outside of that, I mean, you've got basically you got Chase Allen um, and then, you know, there's there's just not a whole lot there. Um, you know, they have the one guy, and something John, uh, Bryson John or something like that. I can't remember. Bryson John, I think is his name, the guy that they it's kind of a developmental piece um, from uh, the, the New York Giants. And yes, uh, you know, Bryson and Jake, John. Yeah. And then Jake Tongas or Tongs is the other guy, um, you know, so I that's kind of another spot where, again, I mean, kind of the, the overall theme of the offense so far is some questions and obviously, uh, you know, at least a, you know, a lack of depth at a lot of these areas. And that's going to be another interesting one there because it feels like, and maybe I'm wrong. And obviously we have to see exactly what Luke Getzey's offense looks like. Obviously he came from the Packers. He was a quarterback coach over there. So things could be a little bit different. They could look a lot like, um, you know, the Matt LaFleur, uh, Kyle Shanahan type offense. We'll just have to see what happens. But Cole Komet kind of seems like one of those guys who could end up being, you know, somewhat of a breakout player this year. He could, I mean, if he ends up having a Robert Tunyon type year back in 2020, I think that's a year that you take. I mean, obviously the big thing right now for him, I think, you know, the biggest question is going to be whether or not, you know, can he be that receiving threat, that red zone threat, 
um, that actually gets touchdowns because he didn't have a single touchdown last year. And that's not exactly a great sign from a tight end. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, with Cole Komet, you know, he's is most of his career, you know, he's had other guys in front of him. He's had Jimmy Graham, who was a team's primary, you know, red zone tight end, but this is the year. I mean, this is the year he has to take a, a step forward and, you know, get it done and, and produce and kind of be that, that weapon for, for Justin Fields, maybe the, the safety blanket, um, you know, even the check down guy, I'd like to see a little more. Um, I'd like to see him be used, opened up in the middle of the field and uh, kind of be that big play tight end. We heard with, you know, Matt Nagy here, the, the, the comp that some people like to throw around was, was Travis Kelsey. I never really believed in that. And I didn't think that was, you know, serious, but if, if Cole Komet wants to take that next step forward here, he's going to have to do it this year. This, this is going to be perfect for him because if he does, it gives the bears another opportunity or another weapon. I'm sorry. Um, on their offense. And I mean, I, I think you'd agree with me. They're kind of lacking those big play weapons going into this year. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They are. And, and I think that also takes some pressure. I mean, if we're being honest, it takes some pressure off the receivers, you know, um, in terms of, you know, having so much production. I think this is a big year for Cole Komet because obviously this was a Matt Nagy pick through and through. This is kind of his pet project, if you can even call it that in the second round. I mean, some people had him mocked at the end of the first round. He's been okay. I mean, really, really and truly, if you look at his actual numbers, he's been he's been pretty solid. I mean, that's a pretty solid year two jump for, you know, for a year two tight end. Um, I do think that they need a little bit more out of him. I think they need kind of that dynamic threat at tight end. Obviously, he's not the most athletic guy in the world, um, but he also, you know, has a has the ability to break tackles and he doesn't go down easy. I think really the big thing for me, at least, is going to be he needs to start being a red zone threat, especially with Jimmy Graham no longer here. I mean, Jimmy Graham's crazy. He had eight touchdowns back in 2020, and Cole Komet had a few. And then this last year, I mean, there just really wasn't that red zone threat. And obviously, I think some of that was a play calling and the coaching and the overall concept of the offense. But I also think that I mean, Cole Komet had his chances, and he just either got bullied by smaller DBs or just simply didn't make plays when he needed to make plays, you know. So – but I do think <clears throat> kind of transitioning over into running back, I think that that's kind of the one spot where I think you can look at the depth chart on the offensive side of the ball at one position. And you could say this is a strong spot for the Bears. Now, obviously, David Montgomery is going to be the number one guy. I expect Cleo Herbert to get a little bit more run this year. I think Cleo Herbert's a little bit better of a fit as an outside zone runner, um, you know, wide zone, whatever it may be. I mean, that's just I, I think that he's going to be a really good fit in this offense. Um, and then outside of that, I mean, you've got Tristan Ebner, um, who was, again, another day three pick by the Bears, more of a receiving threat, definitely has some bursts. Um, you also have Darrington Evans, who came from Tennessee. I don't really know what to expect from him. I mean, he's got some explosion. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens. Demontre Tuggle uh, was their, basically their lone uh, undrafted free agent that ended up making it um, on the depth chart at that position. And then I think the big, you know, I don't even know if I call it an X factor, but kind of the question mark that I have, at least when I was building out um, this depth chart, um, the projected depth chart was, 
are they going to keep a fullback? Kari Blossom game is one of those guys that, you know, you look at his numbers and there's really not a whole lot there. I mean, he's not a, he's not one of those, if this is even really a word, like he's not an elite fullback by any means. He's not, but he is kind of one of those do it all guys. It's going to be very interesting to see if they actually implement a fullback. Cause again, kind of going back to the receivers, kind of going back to the tight ends that they've added, like they're clearly looking for extra blockers uh, that are not offensive linemen. And I think that blasting game could be one of those guys, especially in the running game that could really help out um, especially if they're going to lean on the run as much as they, they will. So I, I think, Regardless of the fact, I think they're going to end up keeping four guys at the running back slash fullback position. Now, whether Blasting Game makes the final roster as a fullback or not, I think is kind of, uh, you know, up for debate right now. I think, you know, really what it comes down to is I think that last spot comes down to, unless Tuggle comes out and just really impresses and whatever else, I think that last spot's going to come down between Evans and, and Ebner. I think you have to give Ebner the, the edge right now because he can be a special teams threat. Um, he's got a lot of burst and he's also a receiving threat out of the backfield. And, and I think that when you're looking at that, you know, that, that third running back position or that last running back position, however you want to look at it, obviously you're going to need somebody who can play some special teams, but I think you're also going to want somebody who's a little bit more of a change of pace kind of guy. Now, Cleo Herbert's an okay receiver out of the backfield. Uh, David Montgomery is a pretty good receiver out of the backfield, but he kind of lacks that burst in terms of being that Tariq Cohen type of guy, that explosion uh, you know, change of pace type running back. So I think that's kind of where a guy like Tristan Ebner could make a lot of sense. But I, I think regardless of how you toss up those last position or two on the on the running back depth chart when it's all said and done, I think you have to feel pretty dang good about where the Bears are at. I think really the only main question that I have is, is who's a leading rusher at the end of the year? Because I know I know a lot of people are high on David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery is a good running back too. But at the same time, I mean, Khalil Herbert showed some bursts last year, and he's kind of one of those guys where it would not shock me at all, especially in a free agent year for David Montgomery, if they try to split things up. I mean, just look at Green Bay's offense last year. I mean, A.J. Dillon in the second year got a lot more run uh, running the ball. Aaron Jones was still a really good player, but they were able to use two running backs, uh, you know, pretty – pretty well um, in my opinion. And I think that that's kind of a similar situation that we could see to the bears. And especially with Khalil Herbert still having a little bit more control. And at least in my opinion, being a little bit better fit uh, for the blocking scheme and the overall offense that they're going to want to run. I think that's definitely something worth monitoring. I do think we're headed for more of a split than we saw last year. I do think, you know, it's going to be a two headed kind of rushing attack with, with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert leading the way. Um, I, I still think that Montgomery will get most of the reps when it's all said and done, but I, I don't think it's going to be as spread out as we've seen, um, you know, last year or, or as, as some may think. And I, you know, I think the bears want to see Khalil Herbert kind of take that next step forward because if they do, I mean, this makes it so much easier to walk away from David Montgomery. I don't think Montgomery's going to get a, another contract in Chicago. I, I think it's just going to be, you know, this is it for him unless he puts up monster numbers and somehow wants to take a pay cut. That's really not realistic. You just don't give running backs a second contract in this day's NFL. It's so much easier to find someone else to replace them, especially in the later rounds of the draft. That's just how the NFL is going. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious on that. I think, you know, um, Travis Ebner could play a role as a pass catching running back. Um, that's what he did really well at Baylor and you know you, you look at it and it's can you have kind of that mix can you use Ebner as a weapon you know will Montgomery get more options in the receiving game as well 
And then you look at Blossingham and the fullback. I'll be curious to see if they continue on with that, if they do keep him, like you said, because I think that's an interesting wrinkle to what they want to do with this kind of power outside zone run. Yeah, and I agree. I, I think the running game in terms of – I think that's going to be the most interesting thing just because I think that the Bears are going to be a traditional – and when I say traditional, I mean like today's age, but I just mean like traditional NFL going back to the you know early 2000s, 90s, and before. They're going to be a traditional run first team. And the Packers were last year. I know a lot of people – some people will hear that and they'll be like, oh, my God, here we go again. But it's it's not – the Packers were a run first team last year as well. And I think obviously a lot of that's going to come down to, and that's the thing. I mean, you go back and you watch this offense the last few years and their biggest issue wasn't, well, I mean, the, they had issues with balance. They had issues being effective running the ball, but their biggest issue wasn't that their biggest issue was, is that they were constantly down, um, you know, in second and third down and you're looking at a second nine, you know, third and eight, third and seven. It's like, those are the kind of situations that you want to be able to see the Bears avoid. And I think, again, some of that's going to have to do with the offensive line. Some of that's going to be scheme. Um, but it's also going to be very interesting to see how they deploy their extra blockers and, and what their overall plan is there. And I think that kind of feeds in the last point or in the last position as well with, you know, obviously the quarterback position. There's no, thank God, there's no quarterback controversy. I, I, I think the quarterback position as a whole is pretty cut and dry right now. I don't see them, especially with the, with the roster crunch and all that. I don't see them keeping three quarterbacks. I don't think Nathan Peterman is going to make the team, nor should he. Um, but I think you, you clearly have Justin Fields as quarterback one. You have clearly have Trevor Simeon as a capable backup, probably not somebody that you want starting a bunch of games if Justin Fields goes down. But at the same time, I also think that he's a, a capable, a capable, uh, you know, quarterback two that probably fits the offense a little bit better uh, the Nick Foles would have just because he has a little bit more athleticism. And and I, I think the big thing, obviously, you know, year two jump is going to be huge for Justin Fields, but his, his overall, how I shouldn't even say his fit in the offense, how they fit the offense around him, how they build the offense around him, especially within the run game. Because again, if there's a lot more play action, you know, play action pass and a lot of different things going on, read options and stuff like that. I do think that that is something that they should use. And it doesn't mean that Justin Fields needs to run the ball 10 times a game and risk injury. And obviously he's got to do a better job of protecting himself, but he's also a better throw. He's a better thrower on the run. And I think that if they can get the right offense around him, I think that is going to help tremendously. Um, You know, but I, I think, you know, one of the more interesting ways or the more interesting things about this is how they're going to use him, how they're going to tie everything in together. Because I think in some ways him being the athletic quarterback, the fast quarterback that he is, is going to play a part in the run game. And I also think in turn, it's also going to play a part in how they build the offense out for him. Now, obviously you don't want to see a Trubisky situation where you're rolling him out and you're cutting the field in half and that's your offense because obviously teams will figure that out. But I do think that with Fields' athleticism, with his arm, with everything that he has, I do think that this can be a lot more creative and kind of what we were hoping Matt Nagy was going to do. I think that's definitely the, the, the real main curiosity, at least uh, you know, on my part, for the quarterback position because there's not a lot of mystery to you know, what's going to be going on there. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, there's like you said, there's there's not a lot there. It's just you know, Justin Fields is going to be your starter. Trevor Simeon is going to be your backup. I I don't think they're going to waste a roster spot on Nathan Peterman. I haven't seen anything from him in in, in the OTAs or minicamp that would tell me that he could compete for that backup job or you know even be kind of deserving of a roster spot. Um, I I just I think you'd be doing a disservice to another player by by, by keeping them. But yeah, I mean it let's be real. The most important player, the most important thing this year for the bears, it's Justin Fields. It's his development. It's him as a player. It's him taking that next step forward. Everything relies on Justin Fields and it's going to start in training camp because we heard from Fields himself. This is not, this team is not ready to go out and play a game right now. And, and, and that's true, nor should they be, you know, they, they're a team with a new offense, a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach. They got to put the pieces in and, and that's just what they've been doing in the off season. Now it's time to see those pieces and see the, see the um, steps forward, the progress forward of this new offense, learning the playbook, you know, executing with their first team offense. And, you know, will there be some struggles early in camp from fields? I, I think so. I think, you know, the chances are that's very likely and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he's still a young quarterback. He's learning the new offense, but if it continues to mount and mount and mount as the weeks go on and the practices go on, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, you know, reason to worry. I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, it's still a possibility. So I think looking at this offense, you know, everything is going to be, everything in training camps will be centered around Justin Fields, and they're going to have a couple position battles that are going to be intriguing, but I really want to see how Fields develops. And like I said, it's just going to be, this is the biggest thing for them all year long. Um, can they get Justin Fields to that next step? Because if not, and he struggles this year, you know, they may be thinking about their quarterback for the future in this draft or the following draft. You know, obviously you don't want to. You hope Justin Fields is the guy, but we'll see. It's going to start with training camp. And I'm kind of excited to get out there and, and, and cover all this offense in these position battles and all that. And then next week, you know, we'll obviously get into the defense, which has some intriguing battles and, and players in my eyes as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I, I basically, these are my two parting thoughts. The first one is if, if Justin Fields is not the guy and he plays bad, the Bears are going to be really, really, really bad this year, uh, which means that they're going to be right in the mix um, for one of those top quarterbacks next year. I don't think that's going to happen. Neither do I want it to happen. Um, you know, but I do think if, if there's a real possibility that Justin Fields could play really damn well and take a big step forward this year and the Bears still only went five or six games. Now, I know some people don't seem to think that's a possibility. I think it's a real possibility. We've seen it quite a few times. Uh, we, we've seen it most recently with Deshaun Watson. Um, being one of the best quarterbacks in the league uh, the year that the Texans won three games back in 2020. It's, it's absolutely possible for a quarterback to take another step in his development, look really good, and the team around him just not be good enough. Then my second thought is, I'll tell you what, man, if this Bears offense is even average, even average, like let's just say they rank right around, you know, 15th, uh, let's just say, you know, 15th, 16th overall, 
Lou Getze is going to be the hottest candidate in the history of, of offensive coordinator candidates because there's just not, at least on paper, there's not a lot to work with. There's not a lot of proven talent. And if he's able to come in and get a bunch of rookies to play together and make this offense look good and, and really, you know, get Justin Fields' career going on the right path where we're feeling really good coming out of this year, then he's going to be a one and done with the Bears. And I don't think anybody should, you know, be upset or feel bad about that because, I mean, if, if I think that's a best-case scenario. If, if he comes in and gets Justin Fields on the right track and, and we leave this off this season – going into next offseason in the 2023, knowing that Justin Fields is the guy and this this team is headed in the right direction and that they have some offensive pieces and everything else, I think that's a really good thing for the Bears. So it's going to be very interesting to see because, like you said, there's going to be a lot of reactions one way or another when training camp starts. You know, anytime training camp starts, the defense is always ahead of the offense. I know this is kind of going back to the whole Trubisky thing where everybody was expecting, you know, Trubisky to kind of hit the ground running and – in year two and then in year three in training camp and everything was just going to look flawless. I, I I just, I think fans need to give it some time. I think even with the preseason games, they need to give it some time. They got a lot of new faces. They got, a, you know, both in personnel and coaching. This is just going to take some time. It's, it's not going to be pretty out of the gate. At least I don't think it will be. And, you know, again, I think a really like a best case scenario would be this, this offense somehow being league average. I don't think that's overly, you know, I don't think that's overly, possible to happen but I do think you know if you're looking for kind of a ceiling and and what you you know if you want a really optimistic approach then having a league average offense would be a huge step in the right direction I think that would mean multiple good things for this Bears team yeah I would take that as a win here in year one because they're they're building for the future they're just they're trying to build for the future with this offense and get their guys in I mean this was a tough you know rebuild I mean Ryan Poles had to pretty much take down this entire roster. And I still don't think, you know, he's done after this year. Uh, there's be some big decisions on, on guys who've been here before and, and their future here. So yeah, but I'm excited for camp. I think it's, it's going to be fun time. It, it's going to be a good chance to see where the bears are at at this stage in the off season. And uh, as always, we'll be there covering it and have articles and more podcasts. So um, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at where can everyone read your work? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. I'll have my uh, way too early 53 man projection um, at some point, I guess, over the next few days. So, yeah, and then you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. Um, as always, please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. It helps our podcast, it helps picks for polls as well. And until next time, everyone, please stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.